0: Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study every single day, seven days a week, only about 13 minutes each day. But that little bit of time, we can fit it into our busy schedule almost without question, can't we, on a daily basis. And that keeps us in God's Word, and that's crucial to our strength in our faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Romans 10 and verse 17. It also helps us to stay focused on our relationship with God and also to have a better, more spiritually framed mindset to be able to deal with all that life throws at us every day. Now, we encourage you always to share these short studies with everybody you can through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means, with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can because you know people who need to turn their lives around spiritually. Help them by getting them into God's word through these short studies. You may help somebody get to heaven. What a great blessing for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day. We're going to get back into our line of thought and study, talking about seven attacks on our faithfulness. As we said, faithfulness is the open demonstration of our faith through obedience to God's teachings communicated to us in His Word, which is the faith. So the faith is God's Word. We can boil it down and say, in a succinct form, the gospel message of salvation through Jesus Christ. But it's not enough for us to just believe in God and believe in Christ, or even nod our heads and say, oh yes, I believe in the gospel. Well, that's the basis for my faith developing. That Word of God being the faith, my faith develops from my belief in and understanding of, but also my proper obedience to those teachings. Okay, that's my real faith, and as I live by those teachings consistently day in and day out, that's my faithfulness. Well, the devil wants to pull us away from being faithful to God. Now, he doesn't have to make us an atheist. He just has to keep us from being faithful on a consistent basis to God and to Christ. He just has to keep us kind of crossing the line here and there, you know, trying to compromise on the truth of God's Word, and so thereby we compromise our faithfulness. Again, he doesn't have to make us into an atheist or even an agnostic or or a skeptic, just keep us from being faithful. I believe that, according to the teachings of the Bible, hell's going to be pretty highly populated with people who have faith in God and in Christ. Oh, they believe, but they just don't live a faithful life before them. They don't want to have to live by the teachings of God's word, which is the faith. So they want to believe, but they don't want to have to make the commitment to live by those teachings consistently. Well, that's where they come up short. They come up short on faithfulness. If the devil can break down our faithfulness, then he's got us. Well, seven attacks on our faithfulness. Again, you can come up with more than just these seven, I'm sure, but these are pretty basic, and I think we can relate to every single one of them on a common basis. Seven attacks that the devil uses on our faithfulness to try to pull us away from being faithful dedicated to God on a consistent basis. The devil is masterful at challenging our faithfulness through seemingly attractive temptations. Temptations, we would probably say, would be the foremost method of attack or avenue of attack by the devil on our faithfulness if he can tempt us to sin, to turn away from faithfulness, well, again, he may have us at that point. Jesus pointed to this very danger in explaining the parable of the sower. Now, if you've read the parable of the sower given by our Lord, he talked about a sower who went out in the field to sow the seed, to begin the new crop for that season. And so as he scattered the seed, some fell on the wayside, some fell among the thorns and the thistles, some fell on rocky ground, and some fell on the good ground. In fact, we would think that the vast majority of it fell in the good ground, and that would produce the good crop. But what about that, that seed that fell by the wayside? And that would have been a pathway between fields that the farmers who owned those particular, or worked at least worked those particular fields, they could go in between the two fields or the several fields along this narrow footpath that was called the wayside. Well, that wayside would be packed down hard because of having been walked on back and forth so much. The soil in the good ground would have been able to take that seed and let it sink into the soil and plant its roots and then grow into the crop that would have been sowed. But what about the seed that fell in, in the thorns and the thistles? Well, the thorns and the thistles would have been weeds that would have choked out anything that would have grown up in that particular soil pretty quickly. But now Jesus, in explaining the, the parable of the sower, he, he talked about what each kind of ground you know, meant. And we want to focus on the rocky ground, on the rocky ground. In Luke chapter 8 and verse 13, he said, The ones on the rocky ground, or on the rock, the seed that fell on the rock. Now, of course, the seed is talking about the Word of God. The produce from whatever would spring forth from whatever kind of soil that the seed had fallen upon would have been those who came to to the Lord, based upon those teachings of God's Word. So the seed is the Word of God, and the produce or the crop are those souls, those individual human beings, and each of us has a soul who responded to that teaching at least initially in a positive way. And so the seed that fell on the rocky ground are those who, when they hear, receive the Word with joy, And these have no root, who believe for a while, and in time of temptation, fall away. In time of temptation, fall away. I can't tell you how many times I've seen people who, they're taught the word of God, they're taught the gospel of Christ, oh, they respond readily. They're happy to understand that they can be forgiven of their sins by repenting of their sins confessing their faith in Christ, and being baptized into him for the remission of their sins. They're thankful, and they respond obediently, but they don't really have much root spiritually. The word doesn't really fully take over in their lives, and so even, at, even though they have initially obeyed those teachings, the gospel message of salvation, you know, they quickly fall away. They don't have the commitment they're not growing the roots, so to speak, that are needed to produce the fruit. And so they quickly fall away. Well, Jesus said, the ones on the rock or the rocky ground, they hear the word and they receive it with joy, but they don't really take it in sufficiently or continually to the point where they really grow strong in their faith. And so Temptation comes their way, and they fall away from dedication and faithfulness to God in Christ. Temptation. The devil will throw temptation at them. You know, he doesn't have to work on a person who is already lost very hard. He doesn't have to work on them very hard. He's got them already. But when a person turns to God through Jesus Christ, well... Now the devil has got to work on that person. And so Jesus talks about those people who, at first, they receive the teachings of the gospel with joy, and they respond. They're obedient to it. But the devil starts throwing temptations at them quickly, and they don't continue in the word, so they don't get strong in their faith, and they fairly quickly fall away. How sad that is. How sad let's look at James chapter one, James chapter 1. And when we turn over here, we read verses 14 and 15. And really, let's let's begin with verse 12. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. See, this is, this is probably the primary, avenue of attack that most people would relate to when they say, how does the devil attack our faithfulness? He throws temptations at us, all kinds of temptations, and he knows which ones that we are particularly susceptible to, that we are weakest to defend ourselves against. And so, blessed is the man who endures temptation without giving in to it, in other words. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. We all have particular temptations to which we are weak, susceptible to, weak against, and they're different for each one of us, but each one of us has one or two or three, and the devil knows those weaknesses, and so he hits us with those temptations, hammers us with them on an ongoing basis, trying to get us to become unfaithful, that is, to come into sin, to not continue to live by the teachings of God's word, of Christianity. We need to be aware and on guard against sin's deceitfulness. And the devil tempts us into sin through deceit. In Hebrews chapter 3, beginning with verse 13, the Hebrews writer writes this, But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. And holding the confidence and the confession of our faith in Christ and in God steadfast consistently, that's faithfulness. But the devil will try to deceive us into entering into some sinful practice or lifestyle by making it look good, by making it look desirable, even by making it look righteous when it is exactly the opposite. Temptation, one of the main avenues of attack on our faithfulness, That the devil uses to try to bring us down. We'll look further next time. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for loving us. We thank you, Father, for giving us your word to guide us, to instruct us, to strengthen us, and to warn us against all of the ways that the devil will use to try to pull us into unfaithfulness, pull us away from you. Help us, Father, to stand strong and protect us against all his ways and deceptions and temptations. Please, Father. Please forgive us, gracious Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.